0: Hey everybody. Have you considered starting a podcast? We here at Screwball highly recommend Podbean for getting your podcast out to a larger audience. Podbean has given us the ability to easily bring you Screwball each and every week on all of your favorite podcast services. Use the link podbean.com screwball to sign up and save up to 35% annually. You can also use the link podbean.com pro slash screwball to sign up for a business subscription. Happy podcasting. Hey everybody, welcome back to Screwball, a baseball podcast, your home for everything baseball. I'm your host, Mike LaPree, here with my co-host, Frank White.
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: This week on Screwball is a little bit heavier of a news week than we uh, were used to in the last two weeks. I uh, got a little bit more to talk talk about, uh, got some big uh, player news, uh, and one player in particular, uh, got a big topic here we've kind of been itching to talk about, uh, considering the most recent string of no-hitters. And with that being said, let's just jump right into our first news segment and our topic of the day. So number one piece of news on Friday, May 7th, Wade Miley threw MLB's fourth, no hitter of the season or five, if you consider Madison Bumgarner, uh, which came just three days after John means no hitter. Just earlier in the week, John means no, no came against the Seattle Mariners with the only blemish coming as a drop third strike, allowing the runner to reach first. Wade Miley, uh, Wade Miley, excuse me, only surrendered one walk in his no, no against the Indians, leaving many MLB fans amazed at the rate at which no hitters are being thrown this season. So it's, you know, we're recording this on May 10th. By May 7th, we had four no hitters, five if you consider bomb gardeners. If you're, you know, if you go against the stat book, um, or the official stat book, I should say, you have John Means' no hitter, who we both have talked pretty highly of, I think, on the show. And you have his pretty historic no hitter. He faced the minimum, and his only, like I said, his only blemish was that dropped third strike and that that passed ball, um, who the guy ended up getting thrown out which caused him to face the minimum. So just just shy of a perfect game. Um, Wade Miley, one walk. You know, Musgrove was the one hit by pitch. Rodones was one hit by pitch. So these guys are all flirting with perfection. It's not even, you know, some no-hitters we've seen in the past, you know, multiple walks. So, yeah, I mean, congrats to these guys, Wade Miley and John Means. Uh, Wade Miley, a little bit more on, uh, you know, unorthodox um, kind of guy you, you would have thought would do it. If the guy's right, the guy's right. I mean, Phil Bumber threw a perfect game, so... But, yeah, congrats to these guys, and this leads us into our um, into our topic, but before we get to that, just want to get your, your thoughts on what you know what's going on here with the no-hitters and, and what you thought of these two guys' performance. Yeah,
1: well, I mean, John Means is a good pitcher. Uh, he doesn't throw hard, but um, Velocity seems to be up a little, and the strikeouts are up, and he's having a really good year. Um, so that's good for them and good for the Orioles fans. Um, Wade Miley, a uh, journeyman, been having some good years in his career, but, uh, you know, nothing more than, like, more of a bottom-tier uh, rotation guy, mm. but um, guy who works quick, and he gets in a groove, he gets in a groove, it's how he's always been, he'll mm-hmm. go four or five innings, and you're, <clears throat> you know, four or five innings, only a run or two, and you're like, how did that happen, because he works so quick, so it's good for them, and good for, for Miley, to fight through his whole career, and John Means to fight back, after a tough year, and with a, you know, franchise trying to look to rebuild, mm-hmm. so, good for those guys, Um, a lot of lefties, throwing no hitters too, yeah, Rodon, Miley, Means, Baumgartner, so we got a lot of lefties going. You know that goes into you know goes into our topic we want to talk about with uh, offense being way down and uh, the league average being down by a good amount of points mm-hmm. after the first month. Um, the question or and our topic is: Are the pitchers that much better than the hitters? Mm-hmm. Are the pitchers actually that much better? And this topic has really been talked about a long time ago when the mound was lowered when Bobby Gibson was a pitcher and had the under one ERA. Mm-hmm. Were the pitchers that much better then? Did they to make a change? MLB already has these crazy ideas about making a change. But is that the answer? Are the pitchers actually better? Or is it pitchers have gotten better? And the hitters technically are regressing mm-hmm. because of the analytics and the home run rate and the swinging up for the ball and stuff like that. In my opinion, do I think the pitchers are better than they have been in the past? Yes. I think pitchers are better now than they've ever been. But also because you have to face six a day. (laughs) That's true. they're all throwing a hundred. They're throwing sidearm. They're throwing underarm. They're throwing, you know, straight over the top. They're throwing a hundred. They're throwing a hundred with movement. It's not just dead straight. It's not the same guy over and over again. You know, so it's, it's tough for for hitters to, to really lock in. You know, it's, it's just, you're seeing so many too. People called up, sent down, called up, sent down. You've seen these pitchers. Some of these guys haven't pitched in, in the plays in majors in 10 years and they're getting called up and, they're different pitchers now. They're throwing lefty, they're throwing righty. It's just so much going on, yeah. so much you know mix and match. So I think pitchers and now it's it's harder to hit. I think that is true, but I really think that the analytics and the less just swing for home runs is what's making the hitters worse. Sure. Because you can still bat three forty, you can still bat three fifty, you can still bat three hundred. Strikeouts are going to be up, no matter what. It's just the pitchers are good. But there's no reason that it is. You know, you swing swinging uppercuts, swing, uppercut, uppercut. Let's only swing for home runs. Only swing home runs. Don't cut, don't cut down your swing with two strikes. You know, don't just make contact to move a runner over. I think like, that. What is the point of that? We're not going to get six hits off these guys. And mm. That seems to be the concept with these teams. We're not going to get six hits off of a guy. Yeah. Or three hits, four hits in an inning. Our hope is a walk, hit by pitch, maybe one base hit and a home run. Now it's two runs, three yeah. runs. Instead of being like, oh, let's let's rally five, six hits in a row against them. They don't think they can do that. So I, I don't know I, I pitchers are better, but are they that much better than the hitters that we're having no hitters every week, and not just no hitters, we've had a lot of guys seven innings, Jay Happ was seven and third innings,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh what was it the Brewers and then Brandon Woodruff for one of the Brewers guys had uh, five six seven innings no hit, there's been a lot of close ones too, so do I think the pitchers are that much better than the hitters? No, are they better than them? I think they're a little bit better than the, the, the pit than the hitters, but again I think it's the analytics. So it's making it that way. So should we – should the MLB look to move the mound back? No. Should they lower the mound? No. Should they change the ball and stuff like that? No. That's not the problem. The problem is the fact that you got these guys just swinging for home runs. So – and the shift. Maybe the shift could play a role into it. Maybe they could do a small adjustment with the shift. I could see them doing something like that, and I don't think I wouldn't mind that. No. But that's – that's where they're at. So I don't, I don't know. You know, what do you think? Are, are the pitchers that much better than the hitters? Do you think, or do you think there's some other reason that the pitchers are just dominating?
0: Well, I think you, I think you hit on some good points. Well, first of all, I do think the pitchers are really good. I think we've seen some really good pitching, uh, you know, recently, as opposed to, you know, years, years prior. Um, It's hard to compare though. You know, you go back 20 years, you have the steroid era. It's hard to compare it to that era because it's such a different, you know, style of baseball and just such a different quagmire of problems going on at that point. It's just a different game. But in, in more recent years, like you say, go back to the last 10 years, I, I do think the pitchers are better. And I think the point you hit on the most, I think, that makes a big difference is that you have guys coming out of the bullpen and almost all of them throw 100 anymore. I feel I feel like there's guys I've never even heard of that throw 100. And like you said, 100 with movement. You know, you look at a guy like Dustin May who's on who's hurt. I mean, he throws 96, 97, two-seam that goes across the plate. You know, guys like that that, granted, you know, he's a little bit uh, more of a high-end, um, he was more highly regarded. But you have guys like, like look at the Rays' bullpen. You have guys that came out of the bullpen, threw 100, 98, 99. they threw fairbanks. Yeah, I mean, guy you never even heard of him. Uh, Curtis Martin
1: for the race. Jose Alvarado, his, mm-hmm. his ball moves five feet. And he throws 102 miles per hour.
0: Yep. Yeah, and, you know, say you get a guy that's that's pitches five innings. Say you have a guy like, uh, I don't know, like just throw out, you know, someone like not even Garrett Cole, but someone, you know, ace, ace or one, two of the team, you have a really good guy on the bump. Say so you chase him out after five or six innings just from pitch count. You know, you work walks. You, you know, strikeouts obviously take up a lot of pitches in a pitch count. Then you know you got to put in you know then you put in you know the Indians have Karen Shaq, a guy that you didn't really hear about for the last few years he's throwing hundred he's got a lot of movement on Emmanuel his ball.
1: Manuel for that Indians team throws one hundred and two and the ball moves all over the place. Yeah,
0: I mean you know so you got five innings you're like all right we chased the starter out got him to hundred pitches he's out of here who do we got next and then you got a guy that's throwing hundred or he's got a devastating sinker you got guys that have sliders that move literally across the plate I mean you know look at the movement you know say what you want you know the investigation on Bauer but Bauer's got a lot of movement on his ball you know, these guys are focused, these pitchers are focused on their spin rate, just like the bit batters are fo- focused on their launch angle. And I think that plays into it too, to go into that. I think that that the analytics have hurt the average, you know, I, like you said, you can still, you have guys like David Fletcher and LeMahieu and Nick Madrigal and these guys that are going to bat 300 and three, 340, and that, that'll that never go away. But, you know, when you're influencing, like, look at, uh, what was it, Chili Davis for the, for the Mets got fired because he was anti-analytics. And, you know, he's obviously an old school guy. He's not old, old, but he's obviously, you know, a little more upper in age and has been around the game a while. And he, he outright refused the analytics. He thought that it was better to disregard the launch angle and stay in the box and, and, and work the count and, and try to get base hits and and work innings. But like you said, with these guys that throw so good, it's hard to work an inning like that and get runners on and, and put together a, a, you know, a lot of, you know, hits, but I think a lot has to do with the analytics. I think that the pitchers are getting smarter with, with adjusting their spin rate and adjusting for, um, you know, putting movement on their ball and, and, you know, doing things that way, just like the, the hitters are trying to put launch angle on. But I don't think that the two, you know, I don't think the two meet like they're both coming up an uh, upward trajectory to meet each other. I think that the pitchers are eclipsing a little bit. I think yeah. that's where we're at.
1: Well, I think, you know, analytics go for pitchers, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No one's talked about pitcher analytics, right? Very little. Mm-hmm. Guy, I know you do talk about, and that's a guy, you know... Happens to see, you know, we listen to David Cohen because he does Yankee games. He loves pitcher analytics. He really goes into it. So if a hitter's going to have analytics, pitcher's going to have analytics too. Sure. So I think all oh, the hitters are getting better and getting more knowledge. The pitcher's getting even more knowledge. Mm-hmm. And the pitcher, not for nothing, the pitcher does a lot more thinking, has a lot more stats, uses analytics a lot more than a hitter. Hitter's mm-hmm. getting up four times. The pitcher's facing, facing 30 batters, 40 batters. So he's going to do a lot more thinking. So, you know, analytics or or what's, you know, changing the game, but the hitter analytics, you know, it's changing it to the fact that well hopefully we just get a hit in home run. Again, I, I think get right down to the point is are pitchers better than hitters? I think they are a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Then again, I think pitchers are almost always a little bit better than hitters, other than maybe
0: steroid error. Sure. That was one as, of a, the...
1: as a league total, I think the pitchers are always a touch better. It yeah. seems how it is. Are they way better this year than the hitters? I don't think so. I really don't think so. I think it's just the way that they're trying to hit is what's making them way better. Yep. You're striking out more. You don't care if you strike out. You don't care if a guy's on second base, we're going to try moving him over to sort of ground ball to the right field mm. or to the right side. You're just going to try hitting a home run. Oh, those two strikes, I'm still going to try hitting a home run. Yeah. You know, that's what's changing the game. That's what's making these pitchers better. That, you know, some teams don't have a base hit guy and all of a sudden you're just striking out. You know, another thing was the Mets versus the Rockies weeks ago. Hmm. There was a 7-inning game, I believe it was 21 outs. They struck out 17 times.
0: It's pretty ridiculous.
1: And then, uh, you know, the MLB says, oh, well, they, you know, maybe they deadened the ball. That's not the problem. Mm-hmm. They wanted to deaden the ball to make more action. But that didn't work. No. If you deaden the ball, let's say it took off one foot for every 300, which I don't know the stats. I don't even know if they really deadened the ball. Mm-hmm. I haven't really seen no difference. Mm-hmm. Well, if you did deaden the ball... They're still going to swing for a home run. Now you're coming up, you're coming up short. That's not going to change the, the analytic. This guy's still going to try at home run. He's not going to go, oh well. Now we he's going to smack at some base hits now. That's not going to change that. I don't think we should. Baseball should dive straight in and just give a hitter's a bunch of breaks. No. Oh, let's move the mound back so the pitcher has to throw an extra foot so he can hurt his arm. Let's lower the mound so the pitcher has to force use more torque to hurt his arm. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, make it so that there's no shifts at all so we can get hitters more credit, so the pitchers can just keep getting beat up. Mm-hmm. No, that shouldn't be the case. Pitchers get getting beat up all the time. They, hit, they never moved the plate. They never no. moved the box. No. They never did anything like that to hurt <laughs> the hitter. No. They always did stuff to hurt the pitcher. So it's time for them just to, to, to realize analytics and, and and do something with that, where it's like, we can't just go to home runs. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's, there's got to be something they could do.
0: Yeah, because the, the home runs are uh, an epidemic in, in a lot of teams, and you see it affecting a lot of teams strikeouts.
1: Um, it's just the strikeouts. Put the ball in play.
0: Yeah. You can never go wrong putting the ball in play, you know? Especially if you strike out, a, you got you got nothing to help you, yeah. you
1: know? Especially with, with nowadays with people playing positions they don't play. Mm-hmm. Because you're like, well, no one hits the ball. everyone else? Nelson a shortstop. Yeah. I only got three guys hitting the ball today. I got a shot, he ain't getting it.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so you True. can get
1: away with guys not playing the right position. Yeah. So if you got guys who don't play that position, you hit a ground ball. All of a sudden, now there's more action. The guy throws the ball away. You can score runs. A case in point. Again, I, I always go back to this because you know we watch them all the time. The Yankees won the other day. Walk off Torres. Mm-hmm. A little dribbler. Yeah. Contact.
0: Just put it in play. Contact. Mm-hmm.
1: You got guys who play don't don't play positions. A pitcher has to field. The ball's in play. You know, runners are running. Just action. Things happen. You can say, oh well, no one makes errors that much. Okay. A team film percentage for the year might be nine nine eight, nine mm-hmm. nine three, nine nine five. Strike out you're out. Yeah. How many drop third strikes John means of course but how many drop third strikes you get on base? Very rare. How many errors do you have? Have a lot more. How many times do they're not considered errors, but they could have been. Mm-hmm. So just putting the ball in play. That's yeah. what baseball needs to get back to, which will obviously then hurt the pitchers a little bit. But the pitchers right now are better, but I think it's the analytics that are yeah. making the pitchers look this much better.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, and like you said, you know, the pitchers have analytics too. Like I said, the spin rate, you know, a lot of pitchers are focused on that anymore. And and like you said, they're thinking the whole time they're out there. So you got, you know, you get smarter guys around the league and, and guys that put more movement on their ball and stuff like that. And 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 you said it on your first point with the shifts. And the shifts obviously make a difference. You know, it, it should be on the hitters then to to see the shift and go, okay, well, now let me try and go the other way. or Or you could do what they're doing now with the analytics and say, well, I'll just hit it over everyone. It's like that's okay too, but everyone to do that. Yeah, you're. That's that's why you're batting 200 with 10 home runs. And I thought a,
1: a great guy to look at for the analytics of baseball nowadays. Mm. I always thought go look at Chris Taylor. There was a guy who played with Seattle, utility guy, slap base hits, did stuff like that. Went to the Dodgers. He has probably one of the biggest uppercuts I've ever seen out of a batter. Swings off his back leg for the downs, drops his back shoulder, and swings uppercut for a guy who's a little utility guy who should be hitting base hits. Mm. And sure, it, it changed. He had a good year, but that's changed his whole game. He's not a power hitter. He's not what he's at. You know, I don't understand. You know, the game needs to get back to making contact and doing stuff like that. And, uh, you know, pitchers, pitchers have analytics too. Pitchers have spin rate. Pitchers have – they'll go back in the locker room when they're not pitching or whatever. They'll look at – well, look at this guy's swing. It's so uppercut. His bat's only in the zone for one split second. Well, if I throw a high pitch, his bat's never going to reach the high pitch. Sure. So why would I ever throw it low?
0: That's a good point.
1: Uppercut, you can't get a reach to reach the high pitch unless you get it way out in front. If you get it way out in front, you're going to pull a foul. So why would I ever throw low? You get guys like Stan who have that long, the bat's in the zone a long time. Mm-hmm. You can hit the ball. A lot better chance of fouling the ball, at least hit and make contact with the ball. Mm-hmm. When your bat's only in the zone at this one specific time, it's hard to hit the ball.
0: And if you don't put it in play, like you know, like we both said, you strike out, you're you're back to the bench. There's no shot. You know, you at least, you at least hit the ball to the shortstop. There's a shot. He bobbles it or throws it away, or the, then things happen. You know, that's baseball. Things happen. Yeah. You know, so I, I'm we're both in agreement on that. We don't like the high strikeouts. We don't like the the go for the downs. I mean, that's fine if you section off almost like a portion of your lineup to that. You say, hey, three through six. Certain that's situations. what you do. Yeah.
1: I got a guy who's got a little bit of power. It's two outs in an inning. No one's on. Hey, they got a shift on him. Am I going to really bunt with him? Mm-hmm. I can try to get another hit. All right, maybe just, yeah, hey, go swing for a home run here. 0 mm-hmm. oh, 1. Okay, now it's 0 oh, 2. You still ain't swinging for it. Now, hey, let's just fight him off. fight him up. Maybe make some mistakes. Just go for a hit now. Yeah, short enough. There's, know, there's times you can swing for that home run and change it. You don't have to just swing for home run every at bat. Uh, we could just keep going on and on and on. This extra inning rule guy on second base. How many times you see someone bunt over? That that strategy still hasn't worked. That would be one of more strategy. It still really hasn't worked. I know. You don't, still don't see many teams still trying to bunt that guy over.
0: You think it'd be a no-brainer.
1: Especially if you're going for the walk-off. Mm-hmm. That's the winning run. Mm-hmm. I'm a home team. I bunt them over the third. I got two chances. I make contact with a ball, a wild pitch, something I score, I win the game. Yeah. You still don't see it because they're still rather, oh, I'll hit a home run. Well, Your fucking run don't count. Mm-hmm. That run wins the game. You can hit a home run all you want, but you, you touch first base, the game's over. Yeah. That guy touched home. It doesn't matter what you touched second or touched third or touched home. That guy matters. That's so why are you still trying to hit a home run. So, you know, we got to get back to, uh, hey, you struck out. Let's boo him. Mm-hmm. Hey, you struck out. That's not good. Yeah, You should be ashamed. Not ashamed, but you know what I mean. Yeah, you, you should sh- be like, ah, damn, I struck out. Not like, hey, all yeah, right.
0: Yeah, I got out. I struck out. out
1: 398 times that year. But, man, remember them 15 home runs I hit? No. Oh, nice job. It changed Matt Carpenter's whole career. His analytics,
0: yeah,
1: it ruined his career.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. now he's a fly ball guy who was a really big gap to gap great hitter. Mm-hmm. Now he's a fly ball guy and he's a one ninety hitter.
0: There you go. So cool. you can
1: see, and then you can go even go other places. with shifts shifts ended Jay Bruce's career and shifts ended Ryan Howard's career. And so you know, but to get it all back to our main point here, are pitchers that? or the pitchers really that much better than the hitters? No, mm-hmm. they're not. They're not that much better than the hitters. Are they maybe a little bit better? Yes. But the way that the hitters go about their approach to the plate is what makes them worse than
0: the pitchers. Yeah. I agree. I, yeah, think, the, I think that's the crux of the issue. Yeah.
1: The pitcher's approach is always the same. No matter what the analytics say. Get mm-hmm. ahead in the, in, the, in the account. Make good pitches. And put them away. No matter what you do. No matter what the analytics say, you're still going to have to do that. Yeah. You still have to get them out. Yep. You're going to break it all down. He's doing the same thing. He's been doing the same thing since 1877. Yeah. Don't change. That's just how it is.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that the pitchers are better, and I think the, the batters have to adjust now. Maybe the analytics aren't working. It's time to sit down and say that. Maybe full analytics isn't working. Maybe we go 50-50. Maybe we, we do some adjustments yeah. here. Well, the, this, the game will the game will adjust.
1: Yeah, this guy could be analytical. You know, you can go back to just breaking it down that way. Mm-hmm. You're a leadoff hitter.
0: <laughs> Get on base.
1: You're a two-hitter. You know, the lineups are different now. Maybe you're a two-hitter, a power hitter. That's fine. You're a power hitter. You're a power hitter. You're a power hitter. Mm-hmm. What are you? I'm a base hit guy. I'm gonna get on base. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna you know work the count. Uh, you know I'm gonna whatever. I'm gonna be a guy who you know moves guys over. Or, you know I'm not gonna hit that great, but hell I'm gonna play great defense. It's okay to just be like that's your role. You know to everybody. Well you know you gotta hit 30 home runs. You gotta hit 30 home runs. You usually hit 40 home runs. Mm-hmm. You gotta hit 50 home runs. You still gotta bat 300 while you're hitting 50 home runs. And you, can, you we're still gonna want you to string for defenses, but you can't strike out. Well, that's not gonna work. Mm-hmm. Otherwise you're gonna have Nine guys in the lineup on every pay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That'd be pretty impressive.
1: Yeah. So, you know, you just got to know your role and go about that. It's okay to break a team down like that. You're the leadoff guy. You're this. You're that. You're this.
0: Yeah. Play to the back of your baseball card and just play your role. That's teams it.
1: Teams who do that. R- Rays and A's are examples of teams who are like, hey, just do this. Hey, you're going to do this. You're going to do that. And they succeed.
0: And you see the difference, you know. But, yeah, uh, overall, I do think the, pit- the pitchers are a little ahead. But nothing that I don't think the batters can adjust to, if that makes sense. So we'll see what happens, you know, this year and, and many years coming. Yeah, um, hopefully. Yeah. But to move on to our second piece of news off of our topic, uh, Albert Pujols, DFA. Unfortunately for many baseball fans, uh, including us, uh, you know, big Albert Pujols fans, his time with the Angels has, um, has presumably here come to an end. And his career now hangs in the balance. Uh, last Thursday, May 6th, it was reported that Albert Pujols was released by the, well, DFA'd by the LA Angels um, with a release, you know, um, I'm sure to follow. Uh, future Hall of Famer has struggled a bit this year and with the Angels having trouble finding a spot for him to play. Both sides made the hard decision. And what happens from here is anybody's guess. That all coming from uh, CBS Sports. Um, so kind of shocked to me that he was DFA'd. If we had to guess, I said it to you before we started recording that there was like a you know, it wasn't just the Angels getting rid of him. I'm sure, Poolhouse definitely has something yeah, to say he there. Did, um yeah. So it sucks um, because I would have liked to see Poolhouse and and Trout in the playoffs and get something done. Um, I understand the the lack of a spot. You know, Jared Walsh is hitting so good, and you have Otani. I get it, but you know, you got to give this guy his due. And granted, I know he's struggling. It is what it is. He's you know he's 41 years old, but it sucks. R- regardless, it sucks. So. We're hoping to see him go to a team in the AL and DH or first base, you know, platoon somewhere in those two positions uh, in the lineup. And, you know, we'll see what happens, but we wish him the best, and we'd like to see him – I would like to see him get to the RBI record and hit some more home runs and, yeah. you know, because he's right there. You look at his all-time MLB stats, he's right there on a lot of lists. Yeah, so. yeah.
1: and he uh, he's going to be very determined, La Russa said. said. Uh, Pulos is definitely going to be because he got released. He's going to come back, he wants to play, and he's going to show people, like, okay, hey, I can still play a little bit here. So, uh, some teams you could look at. Oakland, of course. Mm-hmm. The Rays, of course. Uh, maybe uh, Boston at Fenway. I mean, he'd just smash balls over that monster all day long. He'd fit right in. And then some younger teams. Maybe the Orioles take a flyer on him. Let him teach some young guys. The Royals. Mm-hmm. Detroit. You know, some teams like that. Let them, let them teach some of these younger guys. Maybe the Mariners. Let them teach some of these younger guys. It wouldn't be a bad idea.
0: No. Uh,
1: of course, he can, you know, I don't think he really have much of a fit, but if he went to Houston, hit him hitting the balls on the train tracks, always went together. <laughs> uh, Unless you're, you know, Brad Lidge,
0: yeah. But yeah.
1: um, Pujols is uh, one of the greatest pure hitters of all time. I, I think he's a top ten hitter of all time, and I had him the greatest first baseman of all time. That's why I had him. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, his his first ten years is the greatest ten years anyone's ever played baseball, hands down. No one's even close to him. And just what's funny about this is a stat you can go with this, which brings us kind of back to our topic of are well, the pitchers better? And Ryan Spader, um, you know, he tweeted about this, and people always. Try arguing with him, and he always has the same answer with him, which is fantastic. Rose had a has a hit off of, I believe it was ten point two one percent of all the people who ever thrown one at least one pitch in Major League Baseball history. Ten point two one percent. It's amazing. I hit off of. It's insane. That's that's how much pitchers have been coming in, and he started his career early two thousands.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When you got guys like Pete Rose, who I think only had a hit off of, who has. 1,000 more hits. Mm-hmm. I think only had a hit off of like
0: 6%. And he played a long time.
1: Because he played the same pitchers. Now you see pitchers so many times. Mm-hmm. So many times. So many times you see so many pitchers. Mm-hmm. It's just hard to hit. Back then you seen a lot. the same guy all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. not
1: saying it was easier, but you just seen the same guy all the time. Yeah. So, but that's a stat that kind of goes with, with that. But uh, Pujols, great career. One of the greatest hitters that ever played a game. And uh, probably the best hitter we've seen. Pure hitter we've seen, I, I don't maybe since, I don't know, Mantle.
0: Yeah, I mean our generation. He's, you know.
1: Yeah, he's the best. Yeah, I say he might be the best pure hitter you've seen since maybe Mantle. Mm-hmm. If you want to count A. Rod, you know, pre steroids and stuff like that, because he's a pure hitter.
0: Yeah. And I mean, the other guy you could even cite that could take up the mantle is Trout. I mean, he's already been in the league, obviously. It's very, very well known. But that's the other guy I can only think of. You yeah, know that his, that could be possibly on his level or near his, his level. And his
1: average was thirty points higher. Mm-hmm. See his, his ten years. Yeah, forty points higher, which is
0: amazing. Yeah.
1: So he'll be he'll be, he'll play though. He's not going to go out like that. And some other news we got here: um, the Astros heckled pretty pretty harshly in New York um, as mm. you know. I think as most baseball fans believe they were deserved. Of course, the Astros filed a complaint. It is what it is. Um, Astros got their what they deserve from New York. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that was something to take note of though. Um, sure. Yankee fans were still chanting their, uh, Altuve, uh, chance <laughs> series after he wasn't there anymore. Sunday, yesterday was mother's day. So I'd say everybody, you know, happy belated mother's day to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, uh, you know I want to you know want to say that to everybody um Tony Quinn's birthday the other day It's a shame he's not around anymore and our last little piece of news I had here was uh Lind- Lindor and Jeff McNeil they definitely had a skirmish in the dugout definitely no raccoon mouse possum grizzly bear or polar bear whatever they had they think they <laughs> said they had going on
0: a mm-hmm.
1: uh, small little issue in the field McNeil kind of went after a ball then pulled off Lindor got the ball the guy beat it Lindor's struggling. McNeil struggling. The Mets kind of were not struggling, but they're just, they're winning games, but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah they're, they're, not, they're, they're not there yet. They're yeah. like, hey, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Fired a hitting coach. So, you know, things boiling over a little bit. They went in a dugout, went down a tunnel, and some chaos going on. Then you see guys like Conforto, Dominic Smith, some coaches. All of a sudden, people start running down a tunnel. So something happened there. And they said, oh, well, we were debating over if it was a raccoon or a rat. If you're sitting there yelling, eh, I that's a rat. That's a raccoon. I don't think you can get five, six, seven guys to run from the dugout in between inning to go see if it was a rat or a raccoon. So I don't think that was the problem. Yeah, something a little deeper going on. Yeah, you know? so I think that was definitely some sort of skirmish there in the dugout. Like, hey, what, the, you know, this and that. And that may not a fight, but some sort of skirmish, disagreement. So I think that's definitely what happened.
0: Yeah, two um, two guys that are frustrated at the plate how they're playing. It, it happens. You know, new teammate, you yeah. know.
1: Yeah, so uh that's a little bit piece of
0: news there for uh
1: yeah, that's that's pretty much all I got for just some um, some top top of the news charts, I guess you could say.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, we we covered the big stuff, I think. Um you know, you'll get into injuries later, there's some some injury news, but to get into, you know, to kind of go into how the teams are playing lately, uh my last piece of news before, you know, the the recap of the teams records, uh the Dodgers are sliding uh, the LA Dodgers are in the middle of a lengthy cold streak, which has them going back to April 22nd, uh, at four and 13. So, you know, four wins in their last 17 games. Uh, while the Dodgers got out to their usual dominant start, they have severely fallen from grace. in The last two weeks, uh, they join now the Yankees and Braves in showing early season struggles with, from teams with some of the best talent in the league. Is this nothing to worry about? Or is it time to raise a red flag with the Dodgers? I don't know how Dodger fans are. I'm not really in tune with how they're kind of taking this. Cause Yankee fans always fucking, they, they jump, you know, everything goes great, they're jumping the World Series team. Anything goes bad, they're the worst team in the league. So there's, there's never a gauge on where they're at, where fans are at. Uh, this is kind of a first for Dodger fans in a while. You know, Dodgers usually kind of, you know, last year they won the World Series. They were kind of on top all season. They were on top leading into this season. They were really hot at the beginning of the year. So uh, this is kind of a little new territory for, for Dodger fans. And granted, the team's very talented. Uh, like I said, they're like the Yankees and Braves. But... I don't think it's anything really to be concerned about. Uh, I think that, you know, you definitely have to worry about the overall record and you're now good because the Padres are very good. The Giants are very good right now. I don't think that'll last, but you know, you do have to kind of worry about where you're going to be at the end of the season. Now with the Padres are very talented, you know, you're not, you're you're making it hard on yourself. Um, And it goes back to what kind of what I wanted to talk about briefly here is that you have a team like this, the Yankees, the Braves, all really struggling. I mean, you know, the Dodgers are now a game above 500. I believe the Braves are at 500, and the Yankees are two games above 500. These teams are all, you know, the offenses are not clicking like they usually do. You know, pitching, while well, I know for the Yankees has been good, Braves pitching has been struggling. Dodgers pitching, you know, they lost us to May, but overall, uh, I'd say they haven't gotten the pitching output that they would have liked. Um, so there's a little bit to worry about with some of these teams. I'm not throwing up the red flag. It's only, you know, it's only May, but, you know, it's definitely something to be. To raise your eyebrow at and, and, and look at for sure, I think. Yeah. So I don't know how your, how your take on them is.
1: Yeah, it's definitely, you know, something to keep an eye on, but uh, you know, nothing to uh you know, start crying about. You know, especially if you're a loyal Dodgers fan, you know, the bandwagon ones, you know, I'm sure they're going somewhere else, but hmm. the loyal fans to these fan bases will st- you know, stay true. Hmm. But um, nothing to worry about. Teams are gonna get healthy. These Dodgers are hurt. Uh Braves were hurt. Yankees uh not really hurt, but um, you know, they're again that's another why they're kinda playing better. Mm-hmm. So, Braves have been hurt. Dodgers have been hurt. They're kind of struggling. Yankees have been healthy, but at least now you can start seeing a little light at the end of the tunnel kind of thing for them. Yeah. Um, Which brings me into the hot teams, and my first hot team, the Yankees, 73 over the last 10. There you go. Yeah. Uh, White Sox playing good. Indians playing good. The Mets won a couple of games in a row. They're playing good. And Then you got the Cardinals, who some people thought they were going to win 70 games this year, and they're 8-2 and two over the last 10, and they're in first place. Yep. So, those people, you know... Got to look at your analytics some more and figure out why they're in the first place. <laughs> uh, cold teams I got. Uh, the Royals went ice cold. Nope. Kind of what you expect. Maybe you'll see how the Giants maybe soon or you know some of these other teams who have been playing really good, you'll see them go, here. Oh, okay, now this makes a little bit more sense. <laughs> um, Tigers, uh, they got a hell of a shot at being one of the worst teams you ever see play baseball, record-wise. I, um, I know. Uh, the Angels, struggling to a 500 mark at this point. Pirates, well, spunch year in a row, and Dodgers. What'd you say? They're six and seventeen.
0: They're four and thirteen in their last since April twenty second. Okay,
1: and they're two and eight in the last ten. Yeah. <laughs> so, but again, a lot of injuries and stuff they got to worry about, and it's always considered World Series hangover. Sure. So those are some teams I got that are hot and cold. So I don't know if you got a few other teams to mention.
0: Yeah, just to piggyback off of that, my usual. Who's doing the best right now? Uh, the Red Sox have the best record in the league, uh, in the whole league, in the MLB at twenty two and thirteen. Uh, the Cardinals, however, own the second-best record in the league and the best record in the NL at 21-14. and 14. Right behind them are the A's and the Giants, are you know the close seconds for the AL and NL, respectively. Uh, Chicago White Sox own the best run differential at plus 53, and Tigers own the worst at negative 68, which, I, if I had to guess, you could pretty much just pencil that in every episode here, who's going to have the worst run differential because no one's even close to that. So the Tigers will probably just have that all year. Let's just you might as well just strap in for that for that stat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's you know this is a little surprising. Uh, the Red Sox are surprising to me. The Giants are surprising to me. The Cardinals are not, and the A's are not. So uh, I think that the Red Sox and Giants are kind of cut from the same cloth here. Where I think that eventually the talent is gonna, you know, the averages are kind of gonna way out. You know, they're they're gonna go cold eventually, and I think the pitching has a lot to do with both of the teams' success. I think the Giants and the Red Sox. I think the Red Sox, for sure, are better offensively, 100%. I think the Giants' offense is good, but I think that the pitching for both teams is not going to, over a, a whole season, going to carry them. I think it's just going to, the bottom's going to fall out at some point. Uh, I don't wish bad among the teams. I know I'm a Yankee fan. I don't like the Red Sox. But, you know, um, it's I'm just, what from what I say.
1: Well, the divisions also will prove pretty tough to fight, too. Blues oh, yeah. will get going. Rays will get going a little bit. Yankees will get going. So the Red Sox will have some fight there. You know, they, they haven't played the Yankees yet. They haven't really played the Rays yet. They really haven't played the Blue Jays all that much yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Giants' case, the Dodgers will be playing better. Pirates will be playing better. The Diamondbacks have been five hundred. Mm-hmm. So, and then it's always tough to go to Colorado and play. So, you know, things just turn around, and they got to go play in the dog days, and you know, you can't really hit great all year. Not everybody. Sure. So, we'll see. You know, we'll see. But uh, yeah, the things are definitely, you know, those teams are, are off to hot starts, but things are definitely uh, even out at some point.
0: Yeah, some of these teams are too talented, or I, I feel a little bit of a lack of talent. I mean, you could always have just random. The Red Sox are the kings at having random good years; they really are. So, you, you, it could just be one of those random years. The Giants were like that too, every even year. You know, you know, it's an odd year this year, obviously, but they've they've shown that in it's the past an odd too. Year for sure, yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> some some weird teams that are really good, and some teams I didn't expect to be struggling right now. But it is what it is. It's May, you know, get the chill out of the air and get some warm weather, and that'll definitely make a difference. Balls start flying and stuff. So. We'll see. Um, but to move on to who's hot and who's not, uh, I'll start off with my hot players like usual. Uh, no particular order. Uh, number one, I have Jordan Alvarez. Over the past week, batted four, uh, Excuse me, 520 with a 920 slugging and a 1440 OPS. Pretty good. Yeah,
1: Carl Stilgado Jr.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's on my fantasy team. I love it. He's pretty much been like this kind of. I think he's above 300 for the year. Yeah. So, I mean, he's, he's. He wasn't
1: even hitting that many home runs. He's starting no. to hit them now. I know, yeah. It's really
0: scary. Yeah, his home runs are kind of down compared to his rookie year, but I mean, I'm not going to complain. Uh, number two, Adolis Garcia, who I really didn't even know was hitting this good until today. Uh, batting 500 over the last week, 917 slugging, 1437 OPS uh, for the Rangers. Doing pretty good over there. I believe he's a, a rookie. Possible rookie of the year candidate. Yeah,
1: he's leading, I think he's leading all rookies in home runs. Yeah. Nine, I believe. Yeah. So
0: I think, yeah, I think he has nine. So he's doing good. You know, if I do say so. Uh, n- number three, I got Miguel Rojas, betting 458 over the last week with a 9.17 slugging and a 14.17 OPS. Um, I know that hurts you a little bit, <laughs> knowing you, you literally just got him on the wrong week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, he's hitting good. Miguel Rojas a good hitter, so yeah. I, you know, not really. Sure hitter. Yeah, it, there you go. You know, I'm not really surprised. Uh, behind him at number four, I've Starlin Castro batting 400 over the last week with a 500 slugging and a 1038 OPS. A guy, me and you, I know you always, always liked him. Oh yeah. I don't think gets enough credit you know, in the league. I don't even know if he plays every day with them. Yeah. Yeah. I think he does. He does. Okay. I mean, good.
1: Carter keep boom. Don't play baseball anymore. I'm
0: that's yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know what happened to him. Injuries,
1: so Castro's pretty much your starting third baseman over
0: there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Cause you got, you got Turner at short and, and you got Harrison, J- Josh something. Harrison's actually playing. Well, i will get to him in a second here, but he's been playing. Okay. Uh, number five, my hot hitters is Kyle Lewis, batting four hundred over the last week with a 600 slugging at 1055 OPS. A guy that you're familiar with. Sure. Um he uh, is a great player. Uh, we kind of expected this out of him. We expected good production, that we didn't think that last year was just a fluke. So, um, so yeah, the, those are those are my hot guys for the week. I know you got your hot hitters and pitchers.
1: Yeah, I get a few hitters uh, to mention as well. Dylan Carlson, uh, a guy we thought was rookie of the year. He's been great this year, and big reason why the Cardinals yeah. are winning. The other Rojas, for the Diamondbacks, having a, a great go over here the sure. last couple of weeks. Um, he's been playing really well, and uh, Aaron Hicks. Yeah, he's over 400 in the last uh, seven days, so uh, that's good for him to turn his little season around here. Um, some pitchers to take a look at who've been doing really good, who are Scar Yanoa for the Braves. Yeah, uh, pitching very good. I think he's also batting 600.
0: Didn't he hit a grand slam? Yes.
1: <laughs> the guy for the, uh, I believe it was, well, I can't think of what team it was for now, but he had two home runs. Brewers. He has two home runs this year, both home runs. We're hit against the Marlins. Both home runs were hit this year, and both home runs were against the same pitcher. Oh my God! For the Marlins. So, I thought that was crazy. Yeah, but that it goes is weird. with you know we're here hitting a grand slam, but uh, yeah, you know was doing good recently. Sandy Alcantara, Yep. John Means, okay, yeah. <laughs> Wade Miley, pretty
0: they were, good. Yeah, they were both pretty good.
1: Uh, Adam Wainwright was two outs away from another complete game. Ageless wonder. Yeah, and uh, Zach Wheeler. Yeah, uh, another good start, eight innings. I think yeah, eight innings shutout, right? I think you're right, yeah. Yeah, so there's some pitchers to take a look at. Um, you know who been on some hot streaks here over the last uh, seven days or so.
0: Yeah, and for good reason. John means and Wade Miley, one players of the week. I wonder why. Yeah, you know, um, coming one, one blemish shy of a perfect game will definitely do it. So then to get in the cold guys, uh, some actually some big names uh, on the cold list. I got this week. Um, number one, I got Manuel Margot. Betting an 45 over the last week with an 45 slugging and an 91 OPS. Just terrible. I think he's actually had a pretty rough year, even defensively. I'm pretty sure he's, he's had a pretty rough go of it. Uh, um,
1: I don't think he's ever really plan- panned out uh, as much as he could have with the Padres. Because he was a top, top prospect. Yeah, Up there like Jerks, Jerks and Profar. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, this guy's towards the top and then he's never really panned
0: out. Yeah, he's a role guy definitely with the Rays. I think that he uh he's clutch with them sometimes and he kills the Yankees um whenever we play him. He just seems to always get a hit. But um like you said, not hasn't you know, totally panned out like the way they wanted. But uh definitely not doing it this week. Uh number two, I got Carlos Correa, oh fifty average over the last week with two hundred slugging and two fifty OPS. He definitely heard it also from the Yankee fans, um, you know, in their series. But overall, I think his average is even not great this season. Maybe around 250, hanging around there. So overall, you know, he's got to get going a little bit. You would, you would think he's actually playing this year. He's usually hurt. But um, to to talk about that, the next guy, uh, number three, Aaron Judge, uh, 0.95 average over the last week uh, with an 0.95 slugging a 304 OPS, just not only cold but like looked bad. Had seven strikeouts in a row, um, which I mean. Analytics say that's fine. I don't think that's fine. It's hard to watch. Oh, yeah, you just um, pay him 500 mil next year. <laughs> um, so he definitely had quite a rough week. After actually, he, he actually was starting to, to heat up a little bit, and then it just dropped off the table out of nowhere. <clears throat> so we'll see what happens with him, if he can stay healthy. <laughs> uh, it kind of goes the same with Correa, honestly. Uh, and then number four, Matt Olson cooled off quite a bit. He's batting 100 over the last week with 150 slugging, 400 OPS. He's definitely been one of the better hitters, obviously, in that lineup in the league. I'd say over the season he's been very good. Um, But, you know, batting 100 over last week, it happens. And he's still got a 400 OPS, so his on-base was still pretty good. And then number five, Josh Harrison, cooled off quite a bit. Uh, 120 average over the last week, 280 slugging, 465 OPS. Uh, Again, still had a a fairly decent on-base percentage, but, uh, you know... At this point, I don't know what you even expect. of Josh Harrison, he came out kind of hot, but over, if you look at his last few season stats, I mean, they're they're actually like really, really bad. Yeah, well, he's so, a better player than that. <laughs> oh yeah, he's definitely you know he's he was for a while there one of the better or considered probably the best utility guy in the league. So if he can get back to even half that, you know, I think the Nationals would be happy. So, yeah. but definitely didn't do it this week.
1: <laughs> no, no. Some guys I got to mention here, hitters wise, uh, Christian Pache. Mm. batting zero. Oh yeah. Over the 20 at bats in the last seven days. Not great. Uh, and Dave Peralta struggling a little bit for the for the Diamondbacks there. Mm. Um, otherwise the other guys you pretty much named here for for us. Mm. Um, some cold pitchers to take a look at. Herman uh, Marquez getting beat up. Dylan Bundy his mm. last started too. Luis Castillo's been bad all year other than one start. Yeah. But he says he's feeling like he's turning the page. Johnny mm. Cueto came off the DL or the IL. And he's been hurt. I mean, he, he just came back from being hurt, and he, he got beat up yesterday. Sure. And uh, Mike Fires, who just got beat up and then um, also was placed on the IL, which, oddly enough, going to go into some injuries here. Mm-hmm. So, to start off, we got Urshela day-to-day with a bone bone bruise or a, a knee a knee bruise. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buxton on the IL. Curly off for the Twins yep. as well on the IL. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luis Robert. Or Robert, shame he's going to be gone for four to five months. Roberto Perez, for the for the Indians, got thumb surgery. He's out for a while. Vado broke his thumb. He's out three to four weeks at least. Yep. Mike Fires went in the I.L. DeGrom, we found out today, went on the I.L. After being scratched from a start and, and removed from a start yesterday. Uh, Jordan Hicks in the I.L. Keanu Kella, the Padres in the I.L. Hmm. And then some, on the better news of some of his injury stuff, we have Luke Voigt on the verge of making his return this week. Yes. Uh, Chris Sale <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, pitched off the mound for the first time. Um, mm-hmm. So that's good. Adalberto Mondesi is making strides to coming back. Chad Pinder close to returning. Soto yeah. actually was activated and actually played against the Yankees. That's the first time he's actually started and played in the field a little bit. So he's back fully. Strasburg getting close. And uh, we had a real big scare with Acuna getting hit in the hand. Um, uh-huh. And x-rays went on his hand. They were negative, And he actually got... um. Hit on Saturday night towards the end of the game, and actually played on Sunday. So that was a bit of injury scare, but he's back and he's playing. Um, so we had a little bit of actual good news on the injury front too.
0: Yeah, Acuna seems to be a magnet for for injuries, but he he plays through them and he and he's a tough guy and he he gets through it and he and he, he gets back on that field. So I got to give him credit because he plays hard. And I mean, you know you can't control hit by pitches. Obviously, he seems to be a magnet for that anymore. Yeah. But um, tough guy and and definitely exciting player that you know I'm starting to really. Really dig watching, you know. Yeah. He's he's coming a quick favorite of mine.
1: Yeah, yeah. So those are some bigger names, injuries, and some bigger impacts on teams. But yeah, um, for sure. The good news is the back half of that injury, you know, some of updates on those guys. So yeah, that's sure. The good part. Mm-hmm. But um, last thing I got here is our trivia question, and um, it goes along with some of the things we talked about today, and that is uh, the trivia question is, of the nine players who are in the six hundred home run club, three of them have a lifetime average of 300 or, or better which three players are there are they
0: mm-hmm. should say it's a good question
1: so nine of them nine six hundred home run plus guys three of them have a lifetime average of 300 or better who are they and uh mike got two well i got one right off the bat yeah <laughs> second one he, he was right there with and the last one he, he couldn't couldn't quite figure it out
0: couldn't, um, just couldn't think of the last guy that hit 600 home runs
1: that's a big part yeah. just finding out the nine you think it's easy then you're like oh did I get this guy did I get this guy I got that guy mm. that guy did it mm. oh, that's right you know kind mm. of thing so um the answer is Babe Ruth went a 342 naturally career lifetime average so that's <laughs> pretty cool Hank Aaron he had 305 and Willie Mays and I believe he was 302 lifetime average so
0: those are the three guys Meanwhile, you know, as, as we yeah, talked about, we have a
1: bunch of guys right there. Yeah, Pujols, which is this is why it's all related to mm-hmm. Pujols. Two ninety eight, mm-hmm. actively current right now. If it it could go either way, Bonds two ninety
0: eight. Yeah,
1: can't count his though. Uh, a rod two ninety five. Kind of hard to count his. Um, then you have Griffey was two eighty four, and then Sosa was like two seventy six, and then Jim Tomey, two seventy four. So yeah, that's so that's a trivia question. A fact that goes along with this, though, it's not our not. The, you no, know, the official trivia question, but another little question that goes along with this I thought was, was uh, pretty cool. Out of the nine players who hit 600 home runs, one of them never won an MVP. So I asked Mike this before. So who was the one that never won an MVP? And he got there after a guess or two, and that's Jim Tomey. Yeah. He never won an MVP. Um, <clears throat> the other eight players in the 600 home run club combined for 19 MVPs.
0: Bonds helps that list. Yeah, Bonds helps that <laughs> list. Yeah, and
1: Ruth and, and Aaron would have had more if it wasn't for the rules back then. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Jim Thome the only one not have a home, not have an MVP in the 600 home run club.
0: It's surprising, but it's not because you know you think of T- Tommy's peak years, you're like, man, he had to have killed the ball in the early 2000s, late 90s. Well, he but... just
1: played with those guys. He played against Bonds. He mm-hmm. played against you know Pujols. He mm-hmm. played against A. Rod. He played against Sosa, Maguire.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, there's a uh, you know Jeter. I mean, you know, you, know, you never won an MVP, but still, the the concept of those big name guys yeah. who would take votes away and take you know recognition away. Uh, yeah. Manny Ramirez, David Ortiz in the AL. Uh, sure. Albert Bell played with. I mean, there's so many guys he played
0: with. Played in a tough era to be yeah. to stand out like that, and he was a quiet guy. You know, he quietly went about his business. Yeah, yeah. I felt like. Oh yeah. So.
1: yeah yeah, that's our uh, that's our trivia question and a little extra uh, bonus bonus fact there at the end. Um, but yeah, I wanted to kind of relate it to Pujols because, um, he was uh, all over the news here last week or so.
0: Yeah. It's a good question because there's, there's guys you sneak up on you. Like with the MVP question, that was like, I was thinking, I was like, did Sosa win an MVP? Like, did he sneak one in there, you know, in those years? And you know, with the average one, I, I know for a fact, I knew, cause we talk about it a lot. I knew pools was just under that 300 mark. He was over there recently. I was going to say he was over the mark for a while. A-Rod's right there. You know, guys like that are right there. It's just who eclipsed that 300 mark. Um, so it's a good question. I mean, you only have nine to pick from, so you could eventually just whittle it down. You know, if you know your stuffies, you know, all nine guys, but, well, yeah, um, and Babe Ruth, of course, but yeah, well, surprise him. He's on every list. Oh yeah. He's a maniac. <laughs> but no, yeah, it's good. Um, I don't know if you have, uh, anything else that we didn't touch on, uh, any news in the last week or anything you want to bring up, but that's all I kind of had.
1: Yeah. You know, that's pretty much, uh, again, you know, just to reiterate, you know, happy belated mother's day to everybody. And, um, Otherwise, no, that's pretty much it. Hopefully we see Pujols get signed and continue his career. And uh, hopefully, uh, at the very least, if the hitters are going to be stupid and not turn their ways, we'll keep seeing some mystery.
0: Yeah. That's the word, you know, that's... We already got, like, five, if you count Mungarners. Four and a
1: half, if you want to go that route. Yeah. But uh, we'll see a perfect game or two by the end of this year. By the end of this month. Yeah. So,
0: I mean, hopefully by the next time you hear from us, we'll have, we'll probably have another no hitter and we'll maybe pool host will be signed somewhere. So yeah, who knows? Hopefully. We'll just reverse the news a little bit, yeah. but yeah, that's all I got. So if that's it, then we'll just uh, wrap this thing up. That's it. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, you can catch this podcast on Google podcasts, as well as Apple podcasts and Spotify. You can listen to this podcast on our regularly updated YouTube channel, as well as our website, screwball.podbean.com. You can follow me on Twitter at RealMikeLapree. You can follow me on Instagram at Lepree.
1: And you can follow me on both. At FTubs10.
0: You can follow our official Screwball Twitter at ScrewballPod. You can follow our official Screwball Facebook at ScrewballPod. No E and Screw. And that's it from us, guys. We'll see you next week.
1: Yep, take care.